and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And my voice might not be up to this, I'm finding now as I'm speaking. So hopefully it is okay. If at some point you hear another voice that sounds like Amity but isn't, it will be me playing Amity's part. Uh-oh. I'm going to be expendable here in a second. With somewhat sinister intonations. Oh, no. that's what I do. Are you evil, Amity? Yes, I will be evil, Amity. Just me with a I'll goatee? get a marker and put on a goatee. Awesome. A Van Dyke beard or something. Ah, Van Dyke. Pointy. Yes. Gotcha. So how was, how was your, your week? My week was good. Okay, that sounds very tentative. Well, I'm trying to remember... This is the first full week that I've been back after my travails in the snow. Snow Snowpocalypse. So I am just getting back to being in a normal routine. Warmer routine, one that doesn't require chains. Well, half of that is true. No chains required. Uh I wouldn't say I'm warmer. Mm. It is cold. It is, it is cold in cold. this house. It's California cold. It's not New York cold. It is California, California cold. So, although California cold and Hawaii cold mm. right now are involving snowfall. So mm. for maybe the first time ever, there is snow in Hawaii. I have heard that there is more snow right now in California than anywhere else in the country. It's true. In some parts of the state. Right, up on the, in the, in the mountains and okay. things. But we, we got some crazy. in the Bay Area. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, Certainly, there is no climate issue. No, certainly, of course, certainly not, because mm. weather and climate are the same. Fake and news. if it's warming, then right. this is proof that it isn't. I think <sighs> the term global. I don't warming, even like making jokes like that because right. people believe it, and then it's like, look, they believe too that there mistake. is no global warming. Yeah, no. Um, I spent two years researching a film on climate change that never got made um, because, strangely enough, the test group they showed it to was completely indifferent to a film about climate change. That's the thing about climate change. Climate change is either makes you indifferent Mm -hmm. or paralyzed with fear. And both of those are terrible The two years of research led to the more in the direction of paralyzed with fear, um, including stories or or the fear of giant insects taking over the world, which is another condition of climate change, actually. Um, except for now they're saying there's going to be a bug apocalypse, and in 10 years, many of the species that are alive right now won't be. Oh, really? And then we're definitely fucked. Hey, everyone. Good news. So... I want to point you all to Plan It 10 Change. That's uh-huh. plan as in P-L-A-N-I-T. 10 as in the number. It's a thing that Dave Anthony from The Dollop is doing, and it is specifically geared towards getting people together on the topic of climate t- change. So if you are numb or paralyzed by fear, still probably worth checking out. Well, I think it's it's good to motivate people to action. To me, what's the most motivating thing I've seen recently is someone putting a straw out of a turtle's nose. Yeah, you, you and then all of a sudden that. you can't have straws anymore. Right. Meanwhile, companies are Mass pumping producing. carbon into the... Right. What, yeah, it's... A pr- Consumer plastics and consumer carbon production is not the issue. Deregulation of corporations is the issue. So let's get money out of politics and get some regulations. We went on some really businesses. far on how are you this week? It, it just went off in its own direction. Mostly, I'm cold, and so on. Cold. this is what I think about when I'm cold. Cold and bitter, and thinking about the world ending. No, um, yeah. How I was your understand. week? My week was, I was a little bit under the weather. No, that sounds wrong considering we're just talking about climate change. Well, same. <laughs> um, yes. So I'm, I'm sort of working my way back from a rough weekend. But everyone, uh, a friend of mine just notified me, everyone in California gets over a thing this time of year. Yes. That, well, just, the flu season is also mm-hmm. particularly bad, and both of us have a, a dodged flu right. for minor inconvenience ill illnesses. even when everyone is falling ill around us left and right we stood alone we dived yeah we zag zig zag <laughs> away from the sickness so. but yeah so a touch of something but i'm i'm coming back i'm making a comeback i'm just trying to get 12 hours of sleep a night that'll help right i think 12 it, hours of sleep would be a whole day i think <laughs> no but it feels so good to stay awake at night all righty 
Do you want to get into this episode? Yes, we're going to talk about You Can't Go Home Again. We are, but we're going to do a thing that I keep forgetting to do, which is this episode premiered on oh, yes, February 4th, mm. 2005, which 2005. is definitely how you said it then and now, 2005. Okay. And Odd five. So I was looking to see what was going, what else was going yeah, on. What else was going on? And because we always forget. I, always, I, I can't by we, that. I mean I. Yes. So in I theaters, we've got Constantine, <sighs> which is a better movie than I think people give it credit for. Yeah, it is. Hitch, which is a worse movie than people give it credit for. And Brick, which is a fantastic movie. Yes, it was, actually, Brick. I, that was in theaters? I thought that was something that just mm-hmm. did the indie circuit. And no, no, that was in theaters. It was on cable. Nope. I saw it in the theater, in fact. Oh, wow. So, look at me ahead of the game. Also, some sad news for the date of this premiere. Ozzy Davis passed away. Oh, Ozzie At the Davis. age of 87, so it's not a tragedy, but he is great and is is still missed. There was a, a film he did called The... Oh, good Lord, what was it? The Hill. Is Sidney Lumet directed it, and okay. it was an English film with uh, Ozzy Davis and Sean Connery as people stuck in a military prison uh, in the desert. And uh, I always remember that. It's like very serious drama. It was Connery trying to break away from the Bond mold by showing his acting chops. And so he was surrounded by a bunch of really good actors, and Ozzy Davis was like the one black officer out here who's getting crap from the white officers mm. in this uh, military prison. It was a really good film. I love Ozzy Davis for his long marriage to Ruby Dee. <laughs> yes, and they used to. And they this... got married when he was 19 years old. <sighs> like, I was just looking at his dates. Uh-huh. He was born... In 1939, died in 2005. Spouse Ruby D married 1948. Wow. From 1948 to 2005, they were together. Because she outlived him, did she not? Yeah. Yes. They used to have, or they did when I was younger, had a like an anthology show on PBS where they would do these two-person plays or do monologues. Um, and it was actually pretty neat. Because I, I, you know, getting exposed to that level of acting from people who are, uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, she is spectacular. A favorite since I first saw her and knew of her in uh-huh. a, not her best role, but one of my favorite things, which is the Stand right. miniseries. So, um, he was also in that. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was actually, now that I think of it, I think I was at Man's Need at the time. I was working at Man's Need Elementary School. Which is the school I went to, where I went up to elementary. It's right and across the street. And if I walk out into right. our living room right, right now, I can look right at it. And um, it's a very ethnically mixed population, but uh, one of the kids in one of the classes I was working with, Mr. Gonzalez, do you see that Stan movie? I'm like, yeah. How come they ain't got but one black person left in the world and she dies? Well, Ozzy Davis was in it. <laughs> right, but like in the Not end. Dying. Right. <laughs> well, she was an angel. Right, but so. she dies, and then it's like, what? There's no black people left in the world. Ozzy like, Davis I, was in it. <laughs> I have, no, no, but the idea at the end of the story, there are no black people left on Earth. I can't remember if there was. And ever since then, I've wanted yeah. to go back and sit and go, wait, are there any it's black true. people left on the Earth? Well, we're definitely signing up for CBS All Access when right. our new stand comes out, and hopefully it's a little bit more diverse. Stephen King writes diverse characters in as much as a white man from Maine writes diverse mm-hmm. characters. So. Well, I think that the the character of the uh, the bookish kid in It, it was interesting that he wrote this as a black character, mm-hmm. Ben, right? Yes. And then in the recent adaptation of It, they completely robbed him of that kind of... Of that, yeah, they made it, they gave right. it to the other kid. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to be the historian, right. sort of the, the knowledgeable one. Uh Mike, Mike. Right. Not right. Ben was the other one that was they, they the gave, kid, it gave it to. They gave it to, right. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, wow. Yeah, a bit of a letdown. But the kid that plays it in the movie is very good. And Yeah, and I'm kind of interested in seeing what they do with it because there must be some Well, we're sort definitely going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> no question. So, all right, you want to get into this episode? Okay, let's get into this episode. 
All right, we're going to start with the on Caprica part, which, y'all, I sort of zone out for these now, these scenes. I had to go back right before we recorded now to rewatch the scenes on Caprica because I couldn't remember how they ended. Mm -hmm. There were two this week. Uh, We're given notice that it's been 15 days since the destruction of humanity, basically. And um, Hilo and Sharon, we're we're Mm -hmm. calling her Sharon, I guess, down on the the planet, Planet Boomer, uh, are still holed up in this bomb shelter. Uh, They indicate that they have found three months' worth of radiation supplies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hilo's leg is doing much, much better. So they, he wants to get out um, and look for a way to get off the planet. Mm-hmm. They don't think that there's anyone left, uh, so they're just looking for something that'll fly. And they both happen to have the skill set to take that thing that will fly and fly it away. So that's convenient. Because right. um, if it was you and me left on Earth, we'd be like, well, I guess this is where we are now. Because right. I don't know how to fly a spaceship. Let's look for more food and find something good on television. And that's basically... Oh, no. DVDs. Yeah. Right, that's it. We'll just watch lots of DVDs. We'll start... What was the... Will we watch Lost? No, we'll watch Shrek. What was it? The Will Smith film. I Am Legend. Oh, I Am Legend. To their version of I Am Legend. He's stuck watching Shrek Well, he doesn't. <laughs> for years. He, well, he goes to the... He goes to the... I'm sorry. I'm just repeating myself without finishing a sentence. He goes to the video store regularly mm-hmm. and gets a different movie all the time. Okay. But that's his favorite. Shrek. And he starts repeating lines to it because he doesn't know how to talk to people anymore. It's true. That's half of a good movie. That film is half of a good movie. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd even go so far as to say more than half. Mm-hmm. Not 100%. We're not there, but... Well, yeah, when the practical effects, which were pretty startling and creepy, got changed for CGI that was toning down what they wanted, yeah. it just kind of, yeah. Oh, but let's talk about the effects here. So Okay, so... Cylons, toaster Cylons come. Mm-hmm. The what are they called? Um, no, we find out why they're called toasters. Centurions. Because the toasters on Caprica look a lot like Cylons. So, yes. So which I found very funny. Hilo appears to be. He goes. He says, "Stay here, sleep, and I will go make breakfast." And then mm-hmm. he appears to be making pop tarts. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Oh, rations, rations look the same, apparently, mm-hmm. as they do now, because I bet that soldiers eat Pop-Tarts. I bet right. that's a thing. I'm uh, sure they were developed for soldiers. It's entirely like possible. Like, M&Ms were developed for soldiers. So. I didn't know that, yeah, but yeah, that they makes did, sense. Because they're not messy, remotely. Right. They melt in your mouth. Not in your hands. Not in your hands. Um, and there's two of these Cylon Centurions mm-hmm. He he managed to, to like blow the hips out of one of them, so that one presumably comes down. The other one um, knocks him out mm-hmm. by like shooting a bunch of pots and pans. He he's hit with pots and pans, and then it goes dark. And Sharon comes up and is like, "Are you done making breakfast?" And then <gasps> and then he falls, and then a bunch of pots fall on him, and then we leave him for a while. And when we come back. It's apparently nighttime. The light has changed entirely, so he has been knocked out all day, which... It could happen, but it's also a sign that nothing good is going on with your brain. Right. And uh, Sharon's gone, and the Cylons are gone, and he is alone. So would the implication be from watching these scenes that he and Sharon are engaging in some kind of relationship? I don't think that they are explicitly doing that. Mm but I think they feel like they're settling into a if we've got to, we've got to type thing. Yeah. I don't know. And she's being a little cute, too. She was being, which I don't like. But I'm like, you're one of the last two. I know. Right. She's doing, they're doing it on purpose. She is a Cylon and as acting this way on purpose, but I don't enjoy it. Boomer on Galactica is playing the sexy card less than yes. Boomer on Caprica. Mm-hmm. And so Which, to me, uh, w- rubs me the wrong way, though, because this is a... Mm-hmm. If this is the person, if right. this is not a Cylon, uh, and presumably we, we have to get the other person to believe that it's a person and mm-hmm. not a Cylon, um, her going, oh, this feels like home, as we're the last two people on the planet, right. 
15 days after nuclear annihilation of humanity feels disingenuous. That I guess. word comes up again. Dun dun dun. Disingenuous. So, yeah, it's maybe three minutes. And I tuned out, like I said, I had to rewatch it because I was mm. like, what happened with that? I couldn't remember. I was like, there are Cylons. You were like, oh, hey, they do look like toasters. And then I couldn't remember what happened after that. So we had to rewatch it. Okay. Meanwhile, it's the hanger of the cliff, the cliffhanger. <laughs> Starbuck has ejected from her Viper mm-hmm. and awakens on the moon. Her gear is intact, so she has not suffocated. That's good news. And she gets, she starts getting dragged. And the way that they shoot it, it's unclear whether she's being dragged by something or just by parachute, which I was what I figured and is what in fact is happening. There's a wind dragging her by the parachute. Because I wanted a space monster. I don't get enough space monsters in this show. There is, spoiler alert, no space monster in this episode. Mm. Well, there was the Cylons, so I Mm. guess that's a space monster. But not really a space monster. Because we made them. But then they went away. A space monster in the sense that Frankenstein is a space monster, is a monster, right? Mm, Yeah, I guess so. Frankenstein's monster is a monster. Sparkling monster. <laughs> um, sorry. This is dumb. And so she's able to cut herself free of the ropes uh, that are attaching her to the parachute that is dragging her, mm-hmm. um, but not before banging her knee pretty badly yeah. uh, on, on a rock or against a rock. Um, and up... In on Galactica, Boomer ha, was able to rescue Hot Dog. That was the other um, fighter that was out with her, mm-hmm. and but they don't have see any sign of Starbuck. And there's two places she could have ended up. Well, she could have been blown out of the sky. So that's us. That's one place. So there's really three places. The other would be f- landing. Uh, getting sucked into the gas giant, the star that's right there, which would have vaporized her. And the third option is she's somewhere on this moon that they're still excavating water from. And they put all of their resources into searching the moon because that's the that's the only chance they're going to have to find her. If she's in one of these other places, it doesn't matter. And who has a problem with this? Well... Cylons, but <laughs> so it starts out. Everybody is on board to look for her um, on the moon. Mm-hmm. The president backs uh, Apollo, and the commanders push to find her. They know she has two days worth of air. Um, as the time starts ticking down, um, the president, at the behest of Doctor Baltar. Mm-hmm. Is like how much of our resources is going towards finding this one pilot. Um, Baltar's being told by Internal Six, mm-hmm. hey. That's a good title for it, those, Internal Six. The Internal Six. That those Cylons, the Cylon Raiders that initiated this, um, this firefight, mm-hmm. They're going to be missing at some point. And at the most, it's going to be three days before Cylons come looking. And they're basically sitting ducks there. They've lost half of their flight crew in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. And they're down now another major, their best fighter, basically. But they're just sitting ducks, basically, as they are. So um, they should all probably start thinking about jumping um and the exo really is not on board with this search now he doesn't he has no love for starbucks so that's not a particular surprise what do you feel about his character at this point i need his backstory episode Mm -hmm. because adama commander adama respects him Mm -hmm. For a reason. 
what that reason is. We don't know. I don't know. Exactly. So when he's out to just cut Starbuck and be cool with it, that sucks. And he seemed to be doing better with Starbuck just recently, too. He did. And then she but kind also of give him give him a right. chance to get rid of her, and he seems totally on board with that as well. So maybe how cool was he really? Right. Um, so we get to a point, Starbuck is down on the planet, and she is, you see her sort of talking to, like she's praying aloud, basically, because mm-hmm. she's like, if I don't, mm-hmm. she's looking for higher ground to see to see if she can be seen. The the landscape is extraordinarily craggy, so no, we should describe the planet over. as being arid. There's it's nothing arid. there. It does appear. It's a, well, it's not a planet. It's a moon. It's a moon. Yeah, but there's it's a deserted landscape. There's some atmosphere, but she's not going to last there for long. Yeah, she she has the air that's in her suit, which mm-hmm. is two days, and she will not survive without more yeah. oxygen. The landscape has a lot of dip peaks and valleys, which makes it difficult and almost like um like the Utah like mm-hmm. deep crags, which makes it difficult for people flying over to see right what's if underneath there's anything the, or about. even the atmospheric conditions. It seems to be windswept. It does, which is yeah. what and was dragging pretty, her parachute. Like the air is or like mm-hmm. the light is pretty blown out. Right. Um, but she happens upon the Cylon Raider mm. that she took down with her. So it was the the last ship that she was fighting um, as she was going down. And learns that it's basically a hybrid, mechanical, um, organic... This goes, it's, a, it's like a, and I'm not saying that it's a trope necessarily because we are borrowing from older science fiction to just with Galactica, but it reminds me of the dialects or other kinds of science where the yeah. creature itself winds up being sort of almost like a hermit crab encrusted with right. mechanical devices to help it survive. Yeah, but its inside is very much like guts. Mm-hmm. It is red it's, and wet. Yeah. Um she is able to find its oxygen supply because, mm-hmm. like humans, it requires oxygen to go. And so she is breathing on that tube, which is gross, but she's not going to die. It gives her a little bit of time. Right. And she knows her way around ships. She knows how they pa- they're powered. So she starts looking for the various ways that it is controlled. To see if she can get it. Which to, was a good scene, watching her figure out pitch and y'all and yeah, pitch what, and y'all, yeah. yeah. Um, and and there are some weapons that she's like, okay, well, don't fucking touch that. Right. <laughs> like, I we learned to, that to survive, we don't play with that. She's talking to it too, like a fallen soldier, mm-hmm. um, because she looks at it almost like she shot it in the head, so mm-hmm. its brain is gone. So she's gonna just. Use well, she did. She makes that comment that she's really off. accurate shooting, that she just hit the target and it went out. Yeah. But it's more or less intact. So, yeah. And she says something in there, something like, oh, so what drives you is you. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a separate driver in the ships, which mm-hmm. is what I was saying. Right. I was like, why would they? It's just extra. It's like extra shells to put on themselves. Yeah. So if you have a a race, basically, of your population that is just these fighters, mm-hmm. just make them that. You right. don't have to put them inside of something else. Just yeah. make them that. Uh, and finally, um, they know that her time with her oxygen is out. Um, they admit that they've used 40% of the fuel store in this search, which is, like, that was a staggering number to me. I was like, where are you going to get more fuel, y'all? Because that seems like an insane amount in two days. Like, what are you... So, I don't know if there's more back at... Well, it was the reserve, I think. Okay. So it's not really like that's the main fuel source. This is what the, the spare that they had. It's still, it's still they're it's wandering in space mm-hmm. as the end of humanity. Maybe don't use 
40% of anything in two days if you can help it. That became where I think uh, Adama gave a little bit of his game away because he knows they're not really going anywhere. But everyone else thinks there's a destination clearly inside. Well, that's true. Well, they have to go somewhere. Right. Well, yeah, they're going to go somewhere. (laughs) They've got to find a place to go. Because living in space is not going to be the mm. thing either. They need something with resources, and that's going to be some sort of planet, right? Right. Um, so Starbuck gets the ship to work, and she is able to take off. Mm. That's what we know. And she goes up and starts to engage as the Galactica fleet is is jumping away. They're they're making a light of of what faster than light is that yeah. what it's called jump. So a bunch of the ships are going, and they see this raider coming back, this singular raider, and they've never seen a singular raider before. Um, and they send out Apollo to deal with it. They can't jump mm-hmm. while it's there because as they're jumping, it could attack them right. and and do some serious damage. Well, so, they're vulnerable because all the the fighter ships will have to be pulled in to do right, it. Right. Right. So and there's only what three of those mm-hmm. at this point. So, um, and a lot of the fighter ships are currently being refueled. We find out. So basically, it's Apollo. It's going to be Apollo versus this single raider, and they see it as it's time for them to go because the Cylons have found them, right, right. after whatever about almost three days, which is what the internal six had given them as well, and. You see, it's a I like it's a very cool um, back and forth where you see Starbuck inside the ship, like you know, get close but not too close, and she and then he takes a shot and hits her at one point. It's like too like no, that's too close, and then she gets into formation with Apollo and then is flying above him. And he's like, I've never seen them do this. And he looks up and it says Starbuck under the wings of the Raider. And he lets out this yelp of joy that is so good. I was Mm. like, he's so happy. Does he love her? (laughs) Well, I think he does love her. um, We should note that Mm. um, the EXO had explained to Roslyn what the history with Mm. Starbuck and Zack is and so she kind of is like look you guys make the military decisions but you guys need to hear the numbers and the statistics that you are telling me Mm -hmm. and then decide for real clear-headed what the fuck you're going to do about them because it's no longer makes any sense for us to No, because the sacrifice is not just the military anymore. And this is one of the things that's a big uh, point of conflict between the military and civilian characters on this program, is that um, the military is used to being self-governing. And somebody like Adama, who's given this very old cruiser, you know, about to be decommissioned... Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. Star. I think he'd been on the Galactica while it right. was not just. But he was basically cruiser. flying a museum piece, right? And so, well, no, no, because he proved. Well, yeah, he proved himself yeah. during the war with the Cylons. But um, when uh, so he's used to a certain amount of autonomy. Nobody questioned what he was doing right. because it wasn't a big sacrifice. Whatever happened to Galactica, they were going to put it out to the pasture anyhow, um, and Adama with it probably. But. Um, now they're answerable to other people. He can't use 20% or 40% of the reserve fuel. He can't right. afford to lose that much of like the water. Like, you really need mm-hmm. to think about what these things actually mean in yeah. the grand scheme of things. I know that this is important to you, but humanity needs to also be important to you. So figure it out. And at no point does the president ever just say, shut this shit down. Mm-hmm. But she does kind of look at them and go... Really look at what's happening. Right. Think about what you're doing. Do it in the way that you've been trained to objectively do it mm-hmm. and then come to a decision. And they came to the right decision and then she got there just in time. Yeah. So Apollo is like, it's Starbuck, it's Starbuck, it says it's Starbuck. And they're like, you can usher it on board, but if it does anything, Kill shoot it. the shit yeah, out of right. it because we are not Which, letting see, just the silent I think ship it's a coup. For them, because they now have a Cylon ship. 
I agree with you, provided that it doesn't actually still have a way to phone mm-hmm. home. Right. Well, they have someone to phone home for them. I mean, really, that's true. I, I need Baltar to, to like die or have some sort of that's character. True. Well, arc. even if it wasn't uh-huh. him, Boomer's on the ship. Mm-hmm. So they've got that. So I mm-hmm. guess so. I guess a, a, the ship is not more than, and there may be others that we don't mm-hmm. know about. Baltar to me is the least dangerous, but most obnoxious. Not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're okay. not wrong about that. But in terms of the danger that he presents, although. Now he's going to have a warhead and some plutonium, which is not going to be good, but that's fine. So they get her on board. They get Starbuck out of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to the sick bay to deal with her knee. Mm-hmm. And she and Adama sort of reconcile. Because the last kind of thing Adama said was like, you need to get right. the fuck out of my face right. or I'm going to f- murder you. <laughs> and... Clearly, he didn't want that relationship mm. to end like that, right. and so makes a an effort for the first thing that happens when she gets back but is for them to squash There's a it. real kind of affection between the two of them, too, which is odd because we're not used to seeing him like that. He's not that affectionate with his kids. He's, He's not, not that. Yeah. But he holds her hand. He hugs her. He kisses her on the forehead. Yeah. He, he does a lot of stuff. And I know that last week you were talking about, was that appropriate or did it feel inappropriate? Right. But... Somehow to me, it actually is very kind of sweet because it's like this is, he couldn't show any kind of, uh, like, um, softness towards a son. He didn't for yeah, either of his sons. Yeah, I guess that's true. But this was going to be his daughter, it seemed like. Yeah, so he's that seems to, right. right. And she welcomes it as a father figure. Like, right. it's not gross. No. Um, but but it's just sort of sweet the fact that this is the only person and especially that you see because it with. she's also a badass and right. doesn't yeah it's isn't not condescending in any way with people either it feels like two people who never let their guard down found the the person they can let their guard down with yeah maybe and that's what makes it to me feel kind of nice is just the idea like okay I have to be this in front of and because else. they have but, the yeah. relationship with Zach right and and to a lesser extent Apollo mm-hmm. sort of t- like they love the same mm-hmm. people. Right. So that builds this bond yeah. between them as well. Um, but yeah, and, and then keeps it from being icky, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So you can go home again, guys. You can. You can, it turns out. So. So many things got wrong. Who do you think won this episode? It seems a silly question because it seems like there's really well, only one answer. Yeah. Um, um, which is, um, it would be, I think, uh, Boomer. No. <laughs> Planet Boomer. If I believe <laughs> Even that worse. if I'm going to say that um, one person won the episode, it would be Starbucks. Starbucks. Although that joy uh, on Apollo's face. Right. Was pretty good. Yeah. So he 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 definitely I think he and he and his dad come in second and third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty close. Uh, but I also felt that uh, the president did a really good job there too. Oh God, how often do I I say that out loud these days? Well, um, yeah. the fictional president <laughs> did really well because uh, her kind of I'm going to be the voice of reason. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right. But you need no, to realize learning, the sacrifices you're making. She is learning from the lessons that she has asked Apollo to give mm-hmm. her about navigating this relationship. Mm-hmm. And she really did a good job of that this right. time uh, without being overly aggressive and overly... She didn't put herself in of the position to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Or to be an adversary that they now needed to fight against. She just was like, look. Yeah. You guys know best. Look at the facts well, and also, know best. She's careful enough to not traumatize people who are already traumatized. That's true. She knows that right now they're all looking for Starbucks. They're all panicked. So, yeah, don't get in the middle of it. Don't, right. don't, don't become the enemy, as he said, by right. demanding that things be done your way. 
And how would you grade this episode? I would grade this an A. I think it was a vast improvement over last week. I where think, yeah, and I think if I we watched it mm-hmm. all together, I probably would have said I think it's a solid A minus mm-hmm. for the for the run for the pair. Mm-hmm. Maybe B plus. Mm-hmm. These Caprica pieces, like I want something that be hap- to happen there, that's significant. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost am like, can you just, in the last episode of the season, just show me a half an hour arc instead of mm-hmm. ten three-minute things? Like, Well, there's two stories I really feel, or three now, that you brought it up. The EXO, I need to find out why the hell everyone trusts someone he's shown no ability to do his job properly to me. I will say, because I'm looking <coughs> at... Excuse me. Okay. All right. I will say, because I'm looking at the upcoming episodes... Mm-hmm. There is an episode in four episodes here called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Ty <laughs> is his name. Uh, so, this, there's a lot of punny episode titles. Yes, like this one are. was like, you, you, you can't go, suck it, Thomas Wolfe. You can't go home again. Yeah, so, yeah there are right. sort of, yeah, the, the naming conventions are interesting. Um, so that's going to happen in about four episodes. And I would guess that that is, if not before then, that's where we're going to get his story. Uh, but yeah, at some point we've got to get more from him because right. I'm not seeing why Adama has such faith in him, but he clearly does, and he doesn't give faith for no reason. So, yeah, I'm. I, I look at this and I'm going, okay, here's the the three story arcs I want to have a point. You know, Ty would be one of them. Yeah. The Caprica stories are just sort of boring intermissions into what's going on. It, it needs to go somewhere. Yeah. And, of course, Baltar, who I'm... Uh, get get to the point, you know. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what he's doing. His character's obnoxious. Is They keep him in rotation like the first of this two-part episode. You see him very briefly for yeah. like a minute or two. He's better in and, this episode, right. and he's probably this is probably the best we've seen him. Yeah, um, still so. a lot of internal six. He's just hey, he's not literally getting jerked off in front of other people. Like well, that is so. And, upset. And I don't think I can clarify how upsetting those this, things are to me. With this episode, though, there's a a point where she's fondling him somewhere, and he's reacting to it, and the president's looking at him like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, at which and, point I'm like. Maybe we lock him up. Right, because I'm this going... This behavior is not normal. This man, and this is where, this is a flaw in the writing to me. It's like, this man obviously has issues, and you're going to give him a nuclear warhead. Yeah. Right? This does not make any sense. I don't care how smart he is. He seems to be Although, zoning to be out fair, and not focusing in. What the president sees and what Adam is giving him are two in two different Okay, right. That's things. true. They're not in the same room so at the same time. So she's not... She may not know that he's getting a nuclear warhead. And if she did know that, she might say, hey, hey he's acting very strangely. Right. Um, but they're holding, they put a lot of hope on him. Mm-hmm. I also would like to see Gaeta do some sort of backdoor recon. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to see some conversations between uh, Commander Adama and Gaeta going, so what's this dude up to? Right. Like, what's he having you do? What's going on? Does he know what the fuck he's doing? Right. Should I give him a nuclear weapon? <laughs> the, the answer to that is never yes. <laughs> never, almost, ever, ever to give a private never. individual a nuclear weapon. Just don't do it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's pretty fair. So we're, we're seeing A, A minus for, for yeah, this. I would, yeah, I would. And I, if I would see them again, I would make it an A minus or a B if it was both episodes together. I think I would want to watch. The, if I was going right. to watch it again, I would just watch it straight through. Right. Um, especially because time was handled so strangely in the first half and it was not like that at all in the second yeah, half. Yeah, the first one was very disoriented. The second one, or disorienting, uh, the second episode of the, uh, was very linear, moved straight forward. Aside from the cross-cutting, which they do all the time anyhow, there wasn't this sort of weird question about where and when am I with these characters. Because I did not, I, yeah. And then the flashback in that episode and everything was just very confusing. Yeah, yeah. But I bet if we watch it straight through, Mm -hmm. it makes more sense. But this show does an interesting thing. When it opens, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is how 
it was when it aired originally. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. When it opens, the first thing you see is previously on, Mm -hmm. but they do a history of. It's basically the the miniseries. There was a war between Mm -hmm. the Cylons. The Cylons went away. Now they came back and they look and feel like us. Mm -hmm. So you see who is a Cylon so far. Um, And then there's typically a cold open. No, then there's, yeah, then there's a cold open. Then there is the credits. Then there's another previously on that isn't just the whole story of the show, but Mm -hmm. actual previously on stuff. Then the show starts. Like, it does a lot of stuff at the beginning of every episode in a real, like, in a different way than most shows do. I It reminds me, I mentioned this to you before, when you used to watch Space 1999, okay? When you... When I used to watch... I'm using the U as a she. Right, but I'm saying I never have. A U. Um, when that show ran, there would be the same sort of thing, the intro to the show, the moon has been blown out of orbit, and then there would be this sort of like, because they had a very funky theme that first year, uh, with really rapid editing, and with the light, with the credit or the, the title card flashing, this episode, and they'd show just like this really condensed version. Oh, that's the other thing that this right. show does, is show scenes from, from the, episode the episode you're about to watch. Right, and so it was this weird thing, they, I guess. They do a previously uh, on, an actual previously on, scenes from the upcoming episode, mm. the opening credits, and a cold open, mm. usually all at the beginning. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in every time, um, especially if you want to keep the suspense for that episode going. In Space 1999... This was done specifically because they marketed the program, a British program, to American audiences, and they feared the attention span would be really slow, or, or would be a, the attention span would be really short. I'm sorry. Gotcha. And so, to just sort of this episode, you're going to see lots of explosions, maybe a kung fu fight or something, and so you now sit through the whole episode, going, "Oh, when's that going to happen? Oh, here it goes." And that's actually that was a marketing yeah, tactic. And I actually don't love the here are just quick. Right. Snips of scenes from the episode you're about to watch, and it's never a scene mm-hmm. like um, like they do on some like teen soapy shows. Right. Of like, here's the upcoming drama you're about to watch. It watch. It's just images, quick right. cut images. So I'm just like, are we doing this because this is how Cylons? understand the world like is are they doing it i don't think it's that thoughtful to be perfectly honest way, or... i think it really is like the other show is a matter of trying to get your attention or trying to grab you before the first commercial and then i also wish that they would put the previously on that's really the these are cylons right this is what's how i wish they would mush that in with the credits like, you could make that the opening of the show. No, projecting forward... These fo- are the voyages, right. that kind of thing. Projecting forward, do you believe that this is going to be something that's going to be happening all the time? I have no idea, but it's happened every time so no, far. No, no, but I'm going... You, you, do you think after season Se- two, we really need two, the story of the Cylons again? It's unlikely that they right. will continue these to These are Cylons, it. like, no shit. But presumably, <laughs> if I'm on season... Uh, episode five, Ooh, this you is a know very this, right. serialized show. If you just turn on... Well, especially because episode five is the second half of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. If you just turn on episode five, good fucking luck trying to mm-hmm. figure out anything that is happening. And you only get time and space and mm-hmm. and names on Caprica. Like, he went... On the cat on the planet, mm-hmm. you get these titles, and it's like, what's it, whatever Hilo's full name is, call mm-hmm. sign Hilo. Fifteen days after, right? You know what I mean. You get this whole breakdown in text on the screen, mm-hmm. only on Caprica. Nowhere I think else. that maybe by season two they changed a lot of the presentation. The show was popular enough to where they didn't worry that okay, because I think what you could say, what you could make the case is, is that. Season one, right? Um, they're rebooting a show that a lot of people yeah. watch, so we have to now explain the backstory of this story. That's of this fine, show. but like... I don't know why God they, bless you if right. you come in on episode five and just try to start watching it, because you are 
not gonna you're it's not gonna be good. Right. This one might be good actually, but you won't know who any of these people are. Be less connected to mm-hmm. Planet Boomer than even I am, and I am not connected to her at all. Oh, Boomer. I want I really like the actress the actress too. Oh yeah, I, I, I like Grace Park very much. I think Grace I Park is having a great time doing both parts. She gets to be Yeah, that's true. Know, and uh, now that I think of it, yes, I agree. It is really weird that she gets to play the cutesy, kidnish boomer on Caprica and then the guilty, you know... Oh, my God, they're going to think I'm a... Right, Cylon. Cylon. Oh, my God, I might be a Cylon. So it's just you playing two completely different parts, and I think that was probably great for her. <laughs> um, yeah, fun for her. And hopefully right. there are even more. Yeah. That would be cool. But I don't. I just don't like this sort of damsel that's happening on the planet. The actress playing the Cylon. What's her name? Trisha Helper. Yes. I I feel the worst for her. Frankly, she seems cold. Y- yes. The stingiest of outfits. Your job she... is to show up in like. For one thing, don't quit your Pilates class. Yeah. No. You definitely need to fit into. And we're definitely going to smallest... need to see your nipples. Right. All the time. We're going to fit you into these smallest possible outfits that will basically, they look like they're sprayed on her or something because Not they're so Not even clingy. though, because they're all so loose. It's but, like a foot and a half of fabric mm, gently draped over the bits that sci-fi says you can't show. I mean, it's, cra- it's crazy. Otherwise, there's she a lot of cold. emphasis on her torso yes. on this show. Um, and good for her, staying in shape like that. But I'm going, I wonder if... She really was hoping, is this really my role in the show? You know, <laughs> I have to, you know, get undressed. Well, and I think she probably appreciates the parts where she just gets to be a sociopath Cylon. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, like, God, get that woman a robe. I <laughs> mean, get her something. Yeah, but her whole job is mm. to keep him cranked up. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Ugh. It's gross. Gross. Anyhow. So good. I'm glad I like this episode. Yes, I really this did. episode w- was a was a comeback from last episode, so that's good. Uh, so next week we're going to watch episode six. It's called Litmus, which makes me think Baltar might have, I don't know, a test. Or he might have something to do aside from getting a hand job from a, a ghost. That would be great because I think his character could be interesting, but the way that they are very literally using him uh-huh. is icky. Well, I think, okay, here, you would have, did you ever see Jesus Christ Superstar? I'm sure I did. My mother loved it. Okay. Not a great movie. Or She really liked that dude's neck. Jesus. The I, dude that played Jesus I had have... a sexy neck, apparently. Mm. These are things we don't need to know about our mothers, and no. Sorry, everyone. Now you know it, too. Okay, well, <laughs> I now I'm grossed out. Let me go back. <laughs> And point out that one of the probably the conceit that works the best from that that whole kind of debacle, in my opinion, is the fact that you're telling the story from Judas's point of view. And so there's something intriguing about getting this person who's the traitor to the human race and trying to justify what he's doing. We're not doing that though. It's yeah. like whatever is interesting about his story, we're not exploring at all. It's like, wait, what is the the weight yeah, of the guilt? Yeah, no, you're we're just making no, we're him. Real icky, right? All the time. So, are you feeling a great weight of guilt by what you're doing? Do you feel that? In, are you going to come from behind at some point and go, "No, the human race is what I'm loyal to," are, but we're not seeing any of that. It doesn't seem like it because he's literally being led around by his dick. L- literally, you said that word a lot now, and now I'm grossed out. Like, I I'm keep sorry, I don't want to be saying it. <laughs> they're making they're making me say it, Richard. You can say Richard. That would be fine. But yeah, I just don't right now it's he's there's um I was defending my issues with um with Twin Peaks with somebody who really loved the show and I explained it that when we were watching it I was just sort of flabbergasted by how much of the time I spent with characters I didn't really care about. Ah, uh, yeah. And that was the fault of the show the the flaw in the show for me it was like, you know, as much as I like Laura Flynn Boyle her characters just her and her little Scooby gang that she ran of teenagers yeah. just, just fucking everything up. Right, they just go left, getting people killed, getting people yeah. in jumped. It like what are they doing on this show? Basically, they don't really do anything. Um, and to me, 
Beltar is that character in Battlestar Galactica. Like, are you going to give me some reason why anybody trusts him? Why anybody believes that he's capable of doing anything? Right. Well, right. Because right now, his reputation precedes him, but he has done nothing... To justify the in, faith that everyone's in, putting in. Yes, in the sight of the people mm. that actually are there. Now, granted, we're also only... We're 15 days out. Right. right? Presumably time tracks in both places. Right. I'm presuming until they tell me otherwise, it's been 15 days in space and 15 days on Caprica. If that's not the case, they'll t- they'll let me know, but I'm going to presume that it is the case until, you know, inte- told otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And mm. I don't know what's going to happen next. Like I said, litmus. 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 Lit- So we'll see if he's got his test together. In the meantime, do you have anything you'd like to recommend our listeners to view slash listen to slash read? Yes. Any of those things? Um, All of those things? This afternoon, you and I went to go see a movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't have terribly high expectations of the movie. I just thought it would be entertaining. It wound up being a lot more like the first of the series. Say what it is. It is called um, Everything is Awesome 2. It's no. not called that. It's called The Lego Movie 2, the oh, second okay. part. And I actually liked it better than the first one. Did you? I think because it was more, the plot was very direct. The plot well, of the first that, movie yes. kind of waffled around and we're in a western town and now we're in outer space and there's a wizard. Right. It kind of went in all directions. This one was a lot more focused, I think. It was. And, and it used a lot more of the frame narrative, which right. you only got as as a, oh, surprise at the end of the last right. one. And I don't yeah. think they could pull that surprise off this time because no, we already know. No, of course. They, they were <laughs> deliberately making and it's a, a sequel. There is a connection to mm-hmm. the two movies to where the scene from the previous, the closing scene from the previous movie is, is the, the opening, opening scene to this one. From which this I one. like. I like that when right. it happens. And yeah. it was very, it was very, it's a very sweet movie. It reminds me of like the Toy Story movies in a way that you're, they're teaching a lesson to the people who are in the audience, and we were there with a lot of kids. Yes, there were a lot of kids. This is it opened right. yesterday, so and we were at a ten thirty a.m. screening right. on a Sunday of opening weekend, and we have not seen. Well, I'm going to speak for me now. Mm. I've seen the first Lego movie. I have not seen the Lego Ninjago mm. movie, and I have not seen the Lego Batman movie, though both of them are available to me. And now. I want to watch them, especially the Batman one. The it's Will Arnett who's doing Batman, right? Yes. And the voice acting in this thing is hysterical. So good. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away. No, it yeah, no, um, it, it's it's very good. It's it really what I will funny. say it does feel like they are trying harder with the mm. jokes a little bit. Yeah. But they're landing, so it's fine. Right. I laughed a lot. Yeah. During this movie. And the, what was great watching it with kids is that you, there were the jokes that worked for the kids. And the jokes that and worked. And the jokes, yeah. there's a crack about Radiohead, which I won't put it in context yes. to spoil it, but just like I couldn't stop laughing. Like, yeah, and you could hear the kids right. laughing and the adults laughing in the theater. Right. Like, yeah, no. It was, sometimes it was together, good. sometimes apart. Apart, It yeah. was pretty, yeah, it was pretty great. And so... um yeah, I don't want to spoil anything more about it, but this whole, yeah, it's it's not so self-aware that it's smirking at the audience. I felt that no, it's not it's not there yet. It could have tipped over into it that, and it did, right. but it didn't. I don't think it didn't. It kept it very much to where everyone's having a good time watching this movie, and um, and the car- oh god, yeah, it was T- Tiffany Haddish, uh, who's playing maybe the villain in this film. Yes, the queen. really, really funny. She, and, well, she's, yeah, good right. at everything. And, right? and, yeah, she is. She's everywhere, but she hasn't worn out her welcome yet. There's some times where there's an actor who hits it big, and then suddenly you just, you're turning around, and Orlando Bloom is everywhere. We're like, what? What is Orlando Bloom doing in this movie? What is he doing in that movie? Now, just, and then he disappears forever. Right. Until you find out that he's engaged to Katy Perry. Really? Yeah, they got engaged on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh good for them. <laughs> They're just going to have ridiculously pretty children. Mm, um, maybe. But uh, but yeah, Orlando Bloom was one of those guys who was just like, are you everywhere? And I remember um, 
when he first came to this country, Antonio Banderas made a comment about, look, when you're working in Spain, the budgets aren't so big and the movies aren't so big and you're not getting paid a lot, so you just keep doing every movie they offer you. And so he goes, for a while, I think everyone hated me because I was just in every movie I could possibly be going, yeah. oh, there's work. And, and so, yeah. But in this case, Tiffany Haddish, who's in every movie. She's in like, a lot of movies. I've and seen her like in... Is great. Last year, I think I saw her in four movies. It's very possible. Like, uh, but she has, she's really good. And she's funny. And she has all sorts of tricks up her sleeve. Yep. And, I think, and she did not come out of nowhere. She's been working for right. a long time. No, so it's cool yeah. to see her... Even I love her Groupon commercials. Are you kidding me? That's so good. <laughs> she's one of those people who also, she's a very smart person who's good at playing characters who aren't quite on the up and up sometimes, which is another funny thing that she can do that she can pull out of her hat. But um, but yeah, she's very funny. I, I like her. Yeah, she song. gets some songs in this, and she's not a singer, mm-hmm. but she does a good job with right. what she's given. So... Um, yeah, it was good. So did you have something to recommend? Um, I'm going to just second that one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a lot of watching just a whole bunch of My Little Pony Friendship <sighs> is Magic. I, I, you know, I didn't tell you. It's homework. I, I am going <laughs> to be guesting on a podcast. I'll tell you more about it later, but right. we record tomorrow. So I've been binging. You think I'm ridiculous. I, I think uh, friendship is magic. So there, I, I win. So I'd never seen My Little Pony before. I had never seen anything. And I sat down and you were watching it. So I'm looking over your shoulder at My Little Pony and not understanding a, a word of it. It all seemed very strange. It's all in English. It's not that hard to um, understand. It's yeah, also a show for children. So doubly not that hard to understand. So I'm... I like... I'd never seen it before. So I'd never seen these characters or anything. That's true. I go out to take a walk. Right? I'm walking down the drag in Alameda nearby, and there was a giant stuffed My Little Pony character. Which one? It was the one that, unicorn one that you were watching that was having the unicorn duel. Twilight Sparkle. uh, And I'm like, that is, what what are the chances? (laughs) Is it like it was always there and I've never seen it? That's exactly what what it was. That's how confirmation bias works. It's just, I'm, yeah, it was just creepy. Like, they're watching. Why did you not bring me a Twilight Sparkle? Uh, Because it was the size of um, my son. It was huge. And, like, I don't think I can actually. Yeah, that's too big. I don't know that we'd have a room to put it in, but it it was enormous. I'm like, okay, that's huge. Well, that's a bummer. If I, if he went down on all fours, that would be the size of how big this My Little Pony was. So no, <laughs> there's no place to put that. Excuse me, so sorry. Um, yeah, nope. So My Little Pony friendship is magic. You know. Is it? Is it really? Yes. Okay. My name's Amity. I have to say, friendship is magic. Yes, you do. Alrighty, I think that brings us to the end. So next week we're going to watch season one, episode six, Litmus. Lit. L I T M. You're being very careful with the pronunciation. I know because I think I pronounce it wrong. Lipness? Yeah. Uh, Lipness. Lipness. I just, I think when I'm lazy about it, I'm Lipness, the Angelia Jolie story. Oh, no, don't do that. I don't like it. No. (laughs) Uh, So. I'm sorry. I'm hoping that my voice is not too, too Your bad. Your voice, week. I think it's taken on a good, smoky, Ugh. Uh, slow jazz quality that I'm liking. Well, I apologize. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you have any questions, concerns, go ahead and um, reach out to us. We'll respond, probably, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, we're at latecomerspod at gmail.com and Twitter on Twitter at latecomerspod. Um, we have a Facebook group and page where we post about the show and you can post about the show um trying to be more active in there uh i'm bad at it but i'm doing my best and i think that's everything we thank you very much for listening we love you very much we will see you next week and remember better late than never. never